Welcome to The Responsible Podcast. Your host, Stanley J. Targos III, is the founder of The Responsible Brand and The Responsible Network. Enjoy today's episode. Everybody and welcome back. This is Stanley J. Targos III, your host of the Responsible Podcast. Today we're going to talk about a great topic. It's called life or death insurance. Which do you want? And I know insurance isn't a topic that we all want to talk about. I'm not going to get into the nerdy junk behind how you build an insurance policy and why you need insurance. Really, this is about what's available today. This is not my mom and dad's insurance or my grandparents' insurance. This is not what the talking heads on TV talk about and what they view insurance as. This is a modern view and a modern approach of what's available today and how people can use it to make their lives better, make themselves better, protect their family, and not waste money. What I do not like is I don't like buying something that I might need, pay for it for 10 years, and find out I never needed it. It's not like homeowner's insurance where if you don't buy it, that's for sure when your house is going to catch fire and then you're left bare or you let your auto insurance lapse for two days and that's when you get in the accident. This is about something that we know we're going to need. We just don't know when. And people tell me all the time, Stan, if you tell me, if you tell me what, when I'm going to die, I'll tell you what kind of insurance I need, long-term or short-term. We just don't know that answer. Only God knows when we're going to die, when we're going to check off the planet and hopefully go see him. But until that happens, we have to use our best judgment, our best information, our best common sense, our best logic, our best understanding of what's going on to make the best decisions possible to protect our families. And really, that's what this is about. It's not about, I'm going to give you enough information so that you walk away feeling like if you don't have insurance, your family's going to live under a bridge. This is not that talk. This is not that conversation. The responsible brand does not believe in forcing you to make a decision based on fear. We believe in giving you enough information so you can make decisions based on facts, not fear. In fact, that's how we're going to power and change the landscape of America and empower the leader inside the family to make better decisions by having better discussions, by by bringing to the table both sides of the conversation, by being transparent with what really the desire is. This isn't about being anti-commission from that insurance guy who's going to make money on you. No way. Those days are gone. If you believe that people are selling insurance just to make money, that's not the majority of people. That's like saying, I believe people are selling cars and homes just so they can make money. No, your realtor's there to provide a home for you. Your car salesman's there to provide a vehicle to give you transportation. Same thing with insurance. But what people typically think about is they only think about death insurance when you die. And there's certainly a need for that. I mean, there's been tons of studies that talk about when people pass away and they leave a legacy, the average legacy is under $30,000 if you get anything. And there's millions of people who pass away and haven't even taken care of their final expenses. They leave a burden to their family when they pass away because the family has to buy the gravestone, the tombstone, the headstone, the place where they store it at, do the embalming, pay for the, all of that stuff. And it's thousands of dollars. And if you're in a tight cash position as a family and you're not sitting on millions of dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars or $50,000 in the bank, it's a burden. I get that. But what I 
also realize and recognize, because I've been in this industry for over 20 years, because I've been in this industry for over 20 years, I also realize that people have things happen during their lifetimes that are more important, more valuable, and require the same kind of protection as if they died. In fact, sometimes what happens while you're alive, you wish you would have died. And that sounds crazy, but that's true. If I die, there's a couple million dollars or a million two or a million eight or two, 2.4 or 300,000 or five times salary or whatever the number is that goes to my family. They get a, a lump of money, a lump sum. They can maybe pay the house off. They can sit back. They can breathe. They can replace your salary. They can do certain things. Might not be enough for a lifetime, but it might be enough to get you through the season. But if something happens and you become injured or disabled, or you have a, a medical issue that keeps you from performing the way you were when you were healthy, how do you manage that? Well, death insurance doesn't help you with that because you're alive. That's where you need life insurance for while you're alive. And that's the difference. Death insurance is there when you pass away, when your heart stops and you're dead and they bury you. That death benefit pays out. That is a tax-free lump sum based on what you purchased, what your group purchased, what your employer purchased, what you bought on your own. Death insurance can come in many forms like Term insurance, which is very cheap and inexpensive, which if you don't have a lot of money, that's a great way to protect yourself. There's whole life insurance, which has a lower death benefit and builds some cash. There's universal life insurance, which has a lower cost, more death benefit, still builds cash. There's variable life insurance, which is connected to the market and goes up and down based on what stocks, bonds, and mutual funds perform at. There's index universal life insurance. There's group insurance. There's uh, final expense, there's mortgage protection, there's simplified issue, there's guaranteed issue, there's convertible, there's all these different kinds of death benefit or ways that you can purchase a death benefit. And certainly I'd encourage you to talk to your responsible brand person to find out what you have, if you need more, if what you have is sufficient, if you're overpaying for things that you don't need, because I certainly don't want you wasting money you work hard for your money, keep it. But then we talk about life insurance. Stan, I've heard of all those death benefits. I've heard of the Dave and Rick and Susie. I've heard of my, my uh, infinite banking person or my uh, circle of wealth or my uh, whatever the person on TV, the debt people talking about these cash value policies and treat myself as a bank and all that other stuff. That's great. But we are not talking about that. How you use insured products is different than is it meant for life protection or death protection? So you can tell this is a complicated topic. It's not as simple as red light, green light, stop or go. Or you only have the yellow for five seconds, you better get through the light or stop. Be prepared, a change is happening. Life insurance or death insurance is really de dependent on what your goals are, what you want to do and how you want to use it. So my mom and dad and my grandparents spent money on life insurance as a, as a term policy. They never used it. And then when it came time to renew it, their, their cost went from $100 a month to $1,000 a month and it was too expensive. They let it go. So 
in their mind, insurance is expensive. And if you don't get it when you're young, you can't afford it when you're old. They're thinking about death benefit. In my mind, I can't afford to spend $1,000 a month, so I buy term insurance when I'm young. And as I accumulate more of a, a, a career and an income and a net worth, then I'm going to change and buy the, the death benefit or the life insurance that I need throughout my lifetime. The problem is life happens along the way and I never budget for it. And if I always treat it as an expense, it's never going to get taken care of. If I always treat it as an expense... It's never going to be taken care of. I'm going to view it as a liability. I'm going to view it as a benefit that only happens when I die. So how we want to use this benefit determines why we acquire it. So if I want something and I've got, I've got life insurance on myself, it does have a death benefit. If I die, million plus dollars goes to my wife and kids. But if something happens to me before I die, I have a major medical issue, I, I have a terminal illness, I have a chronic illness or a critical illness, I've got a benefit that pays my family tax-free money for up to four or five years or in a lump sum several hundred thousand dollars so that I can take care of myself and get back on track. My life insurance says if I have a medical issue and my medical insurance doesn't cover the treatment, I might get a check for three hundred dollars or $450,000, which case my wife can make a decision and I can make a decision. Do I want to take that lump sum and go to India or Mexico or the UK and do a procedure that's working over there that puts me back on track that's not covered under my medical policy in the United States? See, that's life insurance. That's protecting my life, my quality of life, my family's quality of life. That's giving me the ability to take a time out, take a sabbatical from working so I can take care of my health and giving me the resources that I need to make it happen. That's way different. Way different. How much more comfortable is my family knowing that if something happens to me, they get a six-figure or multi-six-figure check, tax-free, that they can spend any way they choose? That's comforting. I have the same thing on my wife. My wife is full-time with the kids homeschooling the kids. She's put her career on hold to invest in our kids. Is she worth less from a, a life or death benefit conversation? Absolutely not. She's worth more. To replace her costs more than it does to replace me. If something happens to her, we need to make sure she has the same amount of coverage that I have. Or more. See, I don't value someone's life based on how much income they make. I value someone's life based on what their value is to me and my family. And my wife is super valuable. My kids, certainly they don't need a million dollars, but my kids have a couple hundred thousand dollars of benefit. I'm hopeful that they don't die. And if they do, I don't need a couple hundred thousand for their funeral maybe for the foundation that we would set up in their name or for the 
passions that they were interested in, that we could help support other people, that we can have a living legacy for them. And that's, that's important. But more important, if something crazy happens to my kids, I need to have $30,000, $50,000 that comes in in a lump sum so I can take care of what they need too. See, how many people's whole lives are derailed and dismantled and upturned because of an issue that happened during their life while they were still alive and the traditional way we have to cover it doesn't cover it? Well, this is where life insurance comes into play. I now have a tool that if something happens that I wasn't predicting or that was outside of my control or that the medical world didn't tell me was going to happen or an accident or a byproduct of something else, I have at least one safety net in place that gives me at least one option. How many options do you have? How many options do you wish you'd have? I actually want to build more. I'm of the mindset that one is none and two is one. Meaning, if I exhaust my first option, what do I do next? I need to have more than one option, which means I don't view the cost of this life insurance in my life as a liability. In my world, it's an asset because it's going to pay off. It's going to pay off. I'm not wasting my money. I work hard for my money. I have access to my money. I want to have control over my money. I want to eliminate Uncle Sam for my money. I don't want the medical board or the, or the CDC or anybody else or who telling me what procedures I can take care of with the money that they're giving me from their medical insurance and their medical board. I want control in my life to do what's right for my family at the time I need it. And life insurance gives me that option. Death benefit gives me options after I die. In fact, it gives me peace of mind while I'm alive and gives my family options. And I have death benefit too. I need both. But if you're on a limited budget, and you're trying to figure out how to make the mortgage payment next month. You're trying to figure out how to pay for your kid's college. And you're thinking, Stan, I get it, but all this stuff costs so much money. Well, what if I could go into your economy? What if your responsible brand person can go into your economy, do an analysis and find money that you're giving away unknowingly and unnecessarily each and every month and use those dollars that you're transferring away to other people, put it back in your control and use those dollars to give you life insurance and benefit that you can use if you pass away. Now you're actually being responsible for you and your family, giving yourself peace of mind, putting in place a security blanket just in case, just in case. And my prayer is that God blesses your family and that you don't have any of these circumstances that happen. You're not affected with trauma. But I know even if you live a happy life and you're not affected with trauma, someday you're going to die. Guaranteed. No one's figured out how to break the cycle of life. Live and die. Which means anything we put in place will have a payout because it will have a death benefit attached to it as a way to replenish the money that you spent over your lifetime in this program in case you didn't need it for the unforeseen circumstance. Your family will never lose. 
And if you only need something for a season, Stan, I've got five kids and when they're done with college, I need to make sure that I got an extra $2 million to cover the college costs for the five kids. Well, let's buy a term policy that has a death benefit for 18 years so that when the last kid graduates college, if you pass away, there's money to take care of it. But when that last kid graduates college and you're no longer worried about paying for something that's going to be an expense for a short period of time, let's put in place something that's going to be there throughout your lifetime. What if I put a program in place that you can use today while you don't have a lot of money, but I can recycle it and build on it when you do have cash? Meaning you're not wasting the money that you're investing in today to get the process started. You're not buying a beater car that by the time you're ready to turn it in has zero value. You put a $2,000 transmission in it, you go to trade it in and they give you a hundred bucks. No, I want you to take that beater car, that starter car, you put two grand in it, you go to trade it in, they give you two grand on the next one. It's a, it's a recycled trade in equal value. You're not losing, you're protecting something. You're building on something. We're starting with one foundational brick in your financial future. We're building on it. We're building that solid foundation, one brick at a time for each season of life. Remember, our goal is to give you financial education for the next phase of life while we take care of today. It's not once I make a million dollars, then we're going to take care of things. It's how do I put myself in a position to start building with what I have today so that when I am more successful, when I have more money, when I have three kids, when my kids are done with college and my wife and I are concerned about the end of life needs that we're going to have, how do we take care of our unfunded future health care, the in-home care, the nursing home care? How do we do that? But I'm 35 years old, I'm making 50 grand a year. My wife and I just got married. We're just trying to save money to buy a house. I don't have two grand a month to fund a Roth, a 401k, and buy this life thing that you're talking about. Well, let's break it down in bite-sized pieces and do what's right for today so we can build on it for tomorrow. And I've seen thousands of people in the last 20 years. Very few people wake up at 70 and wish they would have done less financially. In fact, most people wake up at 70 and wish they would have done what we're talking about today when they were in their 30s and 40s, knowing that when they're 70, it was the least expensive, most efficient way to accomplish the goals that they're concerned about when they're 70 that they now can't do because they don't have three grand a month to buy a long-term care program. Or they've had a heart attack, a stroke, cancer. They've had some dementia, Alzheimer's in their family. They've had some, some diabetes and health issues, and, <clears throat> and now they can't get what they want. And they want it. They all want it. Go do a survey. Ask every 70-year-old person if you could give them $400,000 of life insurance to cover their future needs when they pass away to take care of themselves for nursing home care, in-home care, if they would like it. And then ask them if they want to pay for it at their age and their health. They're going to say no. Ask them if they wish they would have bought it 30 years ago and paid for it between the ages of 30 and 55 and never had to make another payment on it. If they'd be happier or less happy. Go take a survey. I've done it. I already know the answer. Well, my question then goes to life insurance or death insurance. And we've been talking about what wealthy people do. What do wealthy people own? Do they own death benefit? or life benefit. Believe it or not, wealthy people tend to own life benefit. Even the ones that have enough money to be self-insured own some life insurance because they want to use 
someone else's money to protect against unforeseen life events instead of using their cash to do it. They look at it as leveraging pennies on the dollar to take care of something that might happen. And if it doesn't happen, they get a return of all their cash plus some tax free. Do you ever wonder why wealthy people keep their money and pass it on to the next generation? Because they use things that are meant to be used throughout their lifetime differently than you and I do. So we don't have to spend a million dollars on fancy trust attorneys and set up a foundation and be worth $10 million to use the same tools that wealthy people use. We just need to understand how they use it, why they use it, and how many boxes they check off with the tools that they use. Let me ask a question. If you needed a vehicle to take you and your family to church and to school on, on, during the week, and you got five people in your family, if you need a vehicle that can pull a boat because you got a lake place and you want to go fishing and water skiing, if you need a vehicle that you can pull the jet skis with or the snowmobiles with, if you need a vehicle that you and your wife can go out to a nice dinner in, Do you have enough money to buy five vehicles for each job? Or does it make sense that you buy one vehicle that can pull a boat and pull snowmobiles because it's got four wheel drive that can fit five people in the family to go to church and carry all the hockey gear and the soccer gear and take a trip with? And then a second vehicle that's more of a luxury vehicle for you and your spouse to tool around and go out to dinner in. Does it make sense to buy two cars that fulfill five jobs? Or does it, is it possible to buy five? Most people don't have the ability to buy five, which is why they buy a vehicle that checks as many boxes off as possible so they can have one efficient vehicle that does three to five jobs. Well, insurance is the same way. How many boxes does your insurance check off? Is it accumulating cash like a Roth IRA according to the IRS tax code 7702 where it's able to go in after tax, grow tax deferred and come out tax free if it's used the right way? Functioning similar to a Roth. And I'm not giving you tax advice. I'm not a CPA. Just like I'm not a financial a stock broker and giving you stock tips. But does your insurance have the ability to accumulate cash and mirror what a Roth does? Do you need a standalone long-term care policy that pays you $200 a day if you can't do two of the six activities of daily living? Or is there a benefit connected to your death benefit that you can use during your lifetime, which is the life insurance that has a critical or chronic illness benefit attached to it? That performs and functions the same way, but is not a standalone long-term care policy. Is it something that you can use to help pay for college that's more efficient than a 529, especially on the current FAFSA, FAFSA form? If you pass away before you're 90, does it provide a benefit to your surviving spouse and your family in a lump sum tax-free? If before you're 60, 70, 80 years old and you're at end of stage life, you have a major medical issue. 
Is there a lump sum or a series of payments that come out during your lifetime while you're alive? You see, the kind of wealthy person life insurance that they use is meant to be used throughout their lifetimes and they check off four or five boxes with one program. That's what your responsible brand person is doing. And I love when people say, man, I don't like insurance. I don't want to spend the money. It's, an, it's a liability. It's a fixed expense. I want to spend that money on lifestyle. Well, that's fantastic. Change. Because we're not talking about that. And foolishly, if you're that person who's that stubborn, you're allowed to be. It's not stubborn. It's just if you're set in your ways, God bless you. But you better have a solution and the ability to fund those needs when you need them. Because simply saying you don't want to pay for it today because you don't believe in it doesn't change the fact that you're going to need it. And 75% of the people are going to need it. I love sitting at a table with three other people and saying, three of the four of us are going to need end of life care and I'm not. And they all look at me and say, what do you mean you're not? I'm not. You're going to need it. And we'll banter back and forth. Well, listen, the Archie Bunker days of bury me in the backyard are gone. I don't even know if you're allowed to say Archie Bunker's name today. But the idea that people don't care about you when you get sick or when you're going to pass away is foolish. People care about you and your family cares about you. And they're not going to compromise their comp conscious because you're cheap. And I already talked about even the person who makes $30,000, $50,000 a year has the ability to implement the same strategies that wealthy people do. So it's not a matter of income. It's a matter of desire and understanding. We can use the responsible brand as a foundation for the solution. And when it doesn't fit because you don't qualify, because you truly are in a financial season where it doesn't work, what do you do? What's your backup plan? And again, if you're allergic to insurance, God bless you. I'm okay with that. But what's your backup plan? And talk to your responsible brand person because maybe there's an option out there that's not as efficient, but will still accomplish the goal. That's what we want. We don't care. We're not prideful about you got to have life insurance or death insurance or long-term care or whatever. We don't care. We really don't care. We just want you to be taken care of and prepared for whatever event life hands your way. I don't want your wife and kids to be burdened because you decided no one cared enough to have the conversation with you. The fact that we're having the conversation opens the door for a solution. That's the beauty of it. And I'm, I love what I do because I've seen how these tools benefit people. I've seen a 72-year-old person who had one of these programs in place and had some health issues with uh with his body shutting down and got just under $100,000 in a tax-free check that him and his wife could buy a golf car cart and continue to play a little bit of golf while he still had some health left. They could buy a van with a wheelchair lift so they could go to Costco and go shopping and because he couldn't stand for more than five minutes, they could actually enjoy the time and it wasn't a burden. They showed up prepared. And we fought and argued along the way. $1,000 a month is a lot. Stan, I'm 62. I'm like, it's not enough. You need more. But they're grateful they did it. It wasn't a sacrifice. It was a choice. 
and they wish they would have chose to spend more or invest more because they would have gotten 150000 instead of just under 100000 had they done a little bit more. But they were trying to nickel and dime the solution because they didn't fully understand it. Now they fully understand it. They get it and they're the biggest advocates telling all their friends, you should do this. You're going to need it. I didn't realize what I was doing in my 40s, 50s, and 60s would have an impact on my health when I in, seven, in my 70s as quickly as it did. You're going to need it. So let's separate life insurance, death insurance, life benefit, death benefit. I love so much helping families that I really don't care if they say yes or no. So long as I can help them encourage a better conversation, open their minds a little bit. Well, I love what they say. Your mind is like a parachute. It's most effective and best used when open. So if you're angry at spending money on insurance that you're never going to use, I am too. This is not that. Don't shut down your solution because you don't understand it. Don't shut down your solution because you Googled insurance and you got 85 million hits in 0.35 seconds and half of them say it's dumb and half of them say it's great. It's not about what they say. It's about what you say. Who are they anyways? Are they living with you? Are they protecting your family when you have a health issue? Are they going to be there when something happens to your kids? No, they are not. The responsible brand person will be. And we want to be standing side by side with you and your family, making sure that you're able to handle whatever life throws at you with grace, dignity, security, and confidence. God's given us an ability to communicate, to share, and to provide solutions. All we want to do is use our skills and talents to grow his kingdom and protect his people. And you're one of his people. Your family needs to be protected by you. You're the leader in the family. Make a good decision. And don't base it on what people say at the water cooler because half the people at the water cooler are broke too. Go back in your Rolodex and see how many people have suffered a trauma because they weren't prepared and ask them how many. Go back and ask them if they wish they would have spent 20 bucks or 100 bucks a month to protect against that if they would have done it. Go ask the person who just had a heart attack stroke or cancer if they wish they would have bought insurance a month before. All of them will say yes. But I'm not here to talk about fear. I'm here to talk about hope, opportunity, potential, and give you a solution and a strategy. One of our core values is win-win, continuous learning, being solutions focused. We recognize the problem. We recognize that 60% of the, the drama and the, and the divorce happens because of a financial need. Most financial needs because of a health issue. Let's solve that problem. Maybe we can solve the marriage crisis by taking care of the financial issues with life benefits. How many people would stay married if their kids had an issue and the stress of taking care of the kid financially was taken care of when they were born with life insurance. I know not everyone's going to get it and do it and buy in. I get it. But we should at least be open to the conversation, don't you think? I mean, is it loving someone if you see their 
making an issue and you let them make that mistake over and over again? Or is loving them being bold enough to have the tough conversation? And at The Responsible Brand, we love what we do and we love you guys. We love our clients and we love our relationships, which is why we do have tough conversations. Some people can't handle it and they go dark on us. They ghost us. That's okay. That's not my issue. That's your issue. At least I was bold enough to have the conversation and create enough emotion for you to elicit a response, which was doing nothing. But most of the people are open to the conversation and they say, Stan, why are you proposing this, this, and that? Or responsible brand person, why are we talking about this? I'm here to talk about my kid's college. Why are you talking about this? Why are you asking me about my parents and their age and their health and their financial status when we're talking about my kid's college? Because the life benefit needs to happen with them. And if they're not prepared for it, then you need to be prepared to take care of them. If you need to be prepared to take care of them, I need to make sure that you have the life benefits you need so that your trauma doesn't compound your parents' unpreparedness. It doesn't mean that we need to be responsible for everybody and everything. It just means we need to be responsible for what we're aware of. And if we're not aware of something and something happens and it derails our momentum, we look back at the people around us and say, why didn't you talk to me about that before when I could have done something about it? So life or death insurance, which do you want? Well, I want, I want life insurance, but I need some death benefit, but I want something that's there throughout my lifetime. I want something that can be utilized throughout my lifetime. I want something that's guaranteed to replenish my family's resources when I'm gone. I don't want to waste money. I don't want to waste my time. I don't want to waste stress and anxiety for my family because I'm not prepared. I don't want to look back and think, I wish I would have. I don't want to look back and think, I created this problem and now I have to deal with it. And now I'm a burden to five or ten other people in my life. I don't want to repeat the cycle for my kids. So the responsible brand believes that everyone deserves a quality solution. Everyone qualifies for a quality solution. Everybody is worthy of the best. Everyone deserves the best. Everyone needs to take time so they can educate themselves and learn about things based on what they and their families need, not based on what the talking heads on TV say. So I hope this information is valuable. I hope this has been a benefit to you and your family. The responsible brand wants to grow the understanding of how money works. And this is one component. It's not the only thing, but it's one of the most misunderstood things. So please, if this was valuable, share this with others. Reach out to your responsible team and may God bless you today. Thank you and God bless. Thank you for tuning in. For new and relevant information just like this, follow us wherever you get your podcasts and interact with the responsible community on all social media platforms. We'll see you soon.